listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in to episode number 187, CM Punk is history from AEW in a shocking development. AEW stars showed up at both AEW Pro and Freelance Wrestling last week. AEW and WWE delivered big shows over the weekend. And we welcome to the show for the first time, the co-owner of Rocket Pro Wrestling, Will Shelley, a.k.a. Maximus Orion. And we'll talk about the state of RPW, Fall Brawl, and much more, right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Trevor Outlaw, but you bozos can address me as you are as rudely, and you're listening to the Windy City Slam podcast, and you can check it out every Tuesday. Oh, wait, I've been on this like five times. I should know this by now. Either way, not getting paid enough for this. Windy City Slam podcast. Check it out on Tuesdays, and you never know when Trevor Outlaw is going to be back. Attention! Windy City Slam is looking for a few good tag team partners to advertise on Windy City Slam Podcast and WindyCitySlam.com. Get your product or service notice with pro wrestling fans. Affordable rates that fit your budget. Message us on Facebook, X, or Instagram, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. It's your boy, FTC, Frank the Clown here. And you are listening or doing something with your ears to the Windy City Slam podcast. Frank the Clown's been a guest a couple of times. And will I be a guest again? Oh, I don't know. Get the check ready, Mike. (laughs) Welcome back to Windy City Slam podcast. And this past weekend, notably Friday evening, I was honored and privileged to be media for StarCast 6 at the Hyatt Regency Schaumburg, Chicago, And you can check out Windy City Slam's YouTube channel for interviews with Frank the Clown, Black Label Pro owner Mike Blanton, plus coverage of scrums from AEW stars such as Chris Statlander, Best Friends, Nick Wayne, Nyla Rose, and Willow Nightingale. And this was just a fun time. Thank you to Derek Kuklich, the media relations guy with StarCast. Kadrat Thompson and the crew put on a hell of a show. Great panels, guests, meet and greet opportunities, and so much fun. And just seeing John Moxley and Renee Paquette walking the hallway with Daniel Monet, who was formerly known as Summer Rae, Colt Cabana, Tony Khan walking around. And then I saw in a just moment that touched my heart, and I've been following this story for the last couple of months or so now, Jake and Cheryl Roberts walking down the hallway in the hotel going toward the elevator to go up to their room following a meet-and-greet session. And pretty amazing stuff to see Jake Roberts, what he's gone through over the last 25 to 30 years of his life. And now he's reconnected with his love from 35 years ago. 
absolutely amazing stuff right there. And then I saw people at the show like Marty Gennetti, The Blue Meanie, Shaza McKenzie, among others, in the Collector's Corner's vendor room. Again, so much fun, and thank you, StarCast, for having Windy City Slam out at your show. And now to the absolutely humongous news of the week, Chicago CM Punk fired from AEW. After Punk's confrontation with Jack Perry backstage during All Out in London, Tony Khan releases CM Punk from his contract on the advice of a recommendation from a disciplinary committee. And Khan released a statement on Saturday afternoon and also announced the firing during AEW collision at the United Center to a lot of boos. I mean, I don't think everybody was booing because I think some fans have kind of soured on Punk due to some of these confrontations backstage and all that. But to have this weekend at the United Center and to fire CM Punk, just nuts for AEW and Tony Khan. And then, speaking of AEW, I'm going to go into AEW's All Out on Sunday, September the 3rd at the United Center in Chicago. During Zero Hour, we had the over-budget charity battle royal, and who would have thought that Hangman Adam Page would be on the pre-show? But he wins the battle royal by at last eliminating Brian Cage. Six-woman tag team match featured Hikaru Shida, Willow Nightingale, and Sky Blue, defeating Athena, Mercedes Martinez, and Diamante. And in the final match of Zero Hour, we had the AEW Trios Championship, the acclaimed of Anthony Bowens and Max Caster, along with daddy-ass Billy Gunn, retained the title over Jeff Jarrett, Satnam Singh, and Jay Lethal. And in the acclaimed in Billy Gunn's corner, Dennis Rodman, the NBA legend, the Basketball Hall of Famer, and former WCW NWO star. So... Really cool to see Dennis Robin at AEW, and he also made an appearance at StarCast this past weekend. Moving on to the main card of the show, ROH World Tag Team Championship, Adam Cole and MJF retained the title over the Dark Order of Alex Reynolds and John Silver. ROH World Television Championship, Samoa Joe retains over Shane Taylor via a submission. And then the AEW TNT Championship, Luchasaurus puts that work in, retaining the title by pinning Darby Allin. Miro knocks off powerhouse Hobbs by submission. And during the course of this, Miro's wife, that CJ Perry, formerly known as Lana in WWE, came out and Miro did not seem pleased or expecting his wife to show up. And then we had the TBS championship. Chris Statlander pins Ruby Soho. And check out, again, Windy City Slam's YouTube page for the StarCast media scrums. And one of the highlights of that was Chris Statlander. She had a lot of great things to say. Go ahead and check that out on YouTube when you get a chance. And then we had the no disqualification strap match. Brian Danielson returns to the ring, defeats Ricky Starks by a technical submission. And then we had the Blackpool Combat Club of Claudio Casignoli and Wheeler Yuta, defeating the tandem of Eddie Kingston and Shibata. And in an epic 30-minute match, we had Konosuke Takeshita, Pinning Kenny Omega. Wow. Eight-man tag saw Bullet Club Gold of Austin and Colton Gunn, Jay White and Juice Robinson from Gardner, Illinois, defeat the foursome of FTR and the Young Bucks. And in the main event, the AEW International Championship, two of the MVPs over the last year or so in AEW, John Moxley 
knocks off, pins Orange Cassidy to win the championship. Hell of a run by Orange Cassidy. He had seemed to be the workhorse of AEW with that international championship. But now John Moxley holds that title. We're going to rewind one day to Saturday, September the 2nd. WWE Payback at the PPG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh. We had in a steel cage match to open the show. And this was a hell of a contest. Becky Lynch pins Trish Stratus after a manhandle slam from the top rope. And afterward... Zoe Stark turns on Trish after Trish berated her after the match. And this match was really, really good. And it built up to a great crescendo. And I really enjoyed it. And then we had LA Knight pinning The Miz after the BFT. And John Cena, who was the host of Payback, was also the special referee for the match. WWE US Championship Rey Mysterio retains by pinning Austin Theory. And in a hell of a crazy Steel City street fight, the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championship, the Judgment Day of Damian Priest and Finn Balor, defeat Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to win the titles after interference from Rhea Ripley, 30 Dom Mysterio, and even JD McDonough. And then Dom hits Sami Zayn with Priest's Money in the Bank briefcase, and Balor gets the pin on Zayn. Women's World Championship, Rhea Ripley keeps on rolling, retains the title by pinning Raquel Rodriguez after Dirty Dom Mysterio interfered in this one. And at the end of the night, every member of Judgment Day holds a championship belt now. And in the main event with the World Heavyweight Championship, Seth freaking Rollins retains the title, pinning Shinsuke Nakamura after a curb stomp. And after the match, Nakamura got some heat back by attacking Seth. And then also we had Cody Rhodes as a special guest of the Grayson Waller effect. And Cody Rhodes, which I don't know what Cody Rhodes is announcing this for. Wouldn't it be Adam Pearce making this announcement? He announces that Jey Uso was moved to the Raw roster. All right, let's take a quick look at last week in the Chicagoland area. Two big shows happened on Thursday night, August the 31st. AAW Pro's Art of War was at the Berwyn Eagles Club. And... We had a mixed tag team match with Heather Reckless and Conan Lycan defeating Taylor Rising and Jesse V. Solomon Tupu defeats Anthony Katina. And in a fatal four-way match, Oakland's own pain in the butt, Joe Alonzo with Chuck Smooth defeats Isaiah Moore, Fuego Del Sol, and Gringo Loco. Big Beef Gnarls Garvin pins Hartenbauer after a beefy bomb and a big splash. Stiff Robo Ginger Gary J knocks off Silas Young. AAW Women's Championship match, and this was the one, other than maybe the main event, that I was really looking forward to. Masha Slamovich retains the title against Sierra, but that match was declared a no contest after a wild brawl breaks out. And I feel bad for Sierra because every time she seems to be on the verge of winning that championship, something goes down. And I'm hoping that there will be another match down the line between Masha and Sierra and Sierra gets that long-deserved victory in AAW and goes home with that championship. Fingers crossed. AAW World Tag Team Championship, we had Russ Jones and Levi Everett subbing for Schaff, defeating Ren Jones and Xavier Walker. And then for the AAW World Heavyweight Championship and your new AAW World Heavyweight Champion, Davey Vega knocks off Jake something in a bit of a shocker for me and Hell of a run for something as a champion, but 
Davy Vega is no slouch. He's really, really good. He's also the current AAW Heritage Champion. He's now a double champion. And it'll be interesting to see if he has to give up the Heritage title now that he's the world champion as well. And in the main event, we had the No Ropes Barbed Wire match. Lots of blood in this one. And a big surprise. Robert Ego Anthony defeats Mance Warner. And John Moxley from AEW makes a surprise appearance, attacking Mance Warner and allowing his longtime friend and adversary at times, Robert Eagle Anthony, to pick up the victory. Now we have Freelance Wrestling's Before the Fall, and that was also this past Thursday night, August the 31st, at the Emporium Arcade Bar in Logan Square. In the scramble match, we had Acid Jazz defeating Sword of Incredible Iverson, Badger Briggs, Shane Black, Brandon Gore and Saban Gage when Jazz pins Gage following a sliced bread. Shaza McKenzie pins Cole Radrick after the Shaz-tastic stunner. And then we had a match scheduled between two freelance up-and-comers from the Academy, Robbie Reeves versus Stone Ambrose, but that was a no contest when Trevor Outlaw attacked both men and then took the mic and went on a verbal tirade for several minutes. Matt Nix, the father of Freelance, the Purple Poppy, then comes out, makes a match between Trevor Outlaw and referee Dan Perch for September's Freelance show, and Matt Nix will be the special guest referee, and if Perch wins this match, Outlaw will serve the rest of Perch's suspension. Then we had Darren Corbin pinning Dan the Dad after Corbin hit Dan the Dad with a coffee mug and then a ginger snap. And in the Isaiah Velasquez Coder Hernandez match, where if Isaiah had lost, he will have quit wrestling. But the ace of freelance, Isaiah Velasquez, pins Coder Hernandez after a chair shot and a package pile driver. And afterward, it seemed like the fans were a little stunned. They didn't like Isaiah using the chair and actually gave Coda some applause. And then we had the freelance legacy championship, Brian Keith defeats Jordan Oliver to retain the title with the Soul Fire Bomb. And late in this card, which just premiered on IWTV this week, AEW's Thunder Rosa was a guest commentator for some of the matches. And in your semi-main, we had the Freelance Tag Team Championship, GPA and Laney Luck, defeat Bussy of Effie and Alley Catch, and Davey Bang and August Matthews after Laney hit Davey Bang with the championship belt, and GPA got the pin on Bang. Freelance World Championship in the main event. This was supposed to be Storm Grayson defending against Steph DeLander. DeLander was a no-show, but Joey Janela was the big surprise, and the bad boy gave Storm a run, but Storm Grayson pins Joey Janela after a knee trigger to retain the title. And a few other highlights from this past weekend, Saturday, September the 2nd, Effie's Big Gay Brunch 7 in Hoffman Estates, our team in the eight-man tag team match, Team Midwest of Joey Mayberry, Mateo Valentine, Moondog Murray, and Shelly the Bombshell Benson defeat East Coast of Logan Black, Quesi Asante, Angelo Carter, and Sazzy Boatwright. So, great victory for our Chicagoland team. Very proud of all those performers. And Jillian as well, who was in the corner of Mayberry, Valentine, Murray, and Benson. And also in the main event of the show, Sonny Kiss and Pimpinella Escalada defeated Bussy of Effie and Alley Catch. Also this past Saturday night, September the 2nd, Zawa 109, Simple Math, 
And congratulations to Shelly the Bombshell Benson on winning the Zawa Live Empress Championship. And she definitely put some work in on Saturday, working double duty. And speaking of working hard and double duty, Saturday, September the 2nd, we had Pow Entertainment's Road to Russell Rage at the American Legion in Fox Lake. And in the one-night eight-man tournament to crown the number one contender to the POW Championship at Russell Rage 21 on November the 4th, in the finals of that tournament, we had Kazile defeating Mateo Valentine to earn that championship shot. And Mateo, that means he worked four matches on Saturday, the eight-man tag, and then three matches in the tournament. So, wow, you got to give Mateo a lot of credit for that one. And Kazile, the former... Midwest champion now gets a POW heavyweight championship shot. And will that be against Moondog Murray or psychotic Jimmy Blaze? And Moondog Murray retains his title over Meathook's O'Bannon at Road to Russell Rage. And coming up in just a couple of weeks, Jimmy Blaze gets a shot at Moondog Murray. So will Blaze go into Russell Rage as the POW Entertainment champion against Kazal? Or will Moondog Murray continue his great momentum? And a few shows to watch out for upcoming this week. Friday night, September the 8th, Mondo Lucha comes to Turner Hall Ballroom in Milwaukee. Saturday afternoon and early evening, Rocket Pro Wrestling returns for a new season at St. Joseph Park in Joliet. From 2 to 4 p.m., we have the Rocket Pro Wrestling Fan Access and Nova Awards. And then, doors open at 4, card starts at 5 with Rocket Pro Wrestling's Fall Brawl. And we're going to preview this entire card with RPW co-owner Will Shelley in just a few minutes. Also Saturday night, September 9th, we have ARW's Danger Zone in Lake Station, Indiana. And WCPW Love runs out at the Sycamore Park District in Sycamore. Alright, coming up in mere moments, the co-owner of Rocket Pro Wrestling, Will Shelley, a.k.a. Maximus Orion. And we're going to talk about RPW and so much more. Stay tuned. My name is Storm Grayson. I'm your freelance wrestling world champion. And you're listening to the Windy City Slam podcast. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross, here live at the Broad Stop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. You can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. All right, back here on Windy City Slam Podcast this week. And I'm so excited to welcome to the show for the very first time. He's the co-owner of Rocket Pro Wrestling, based in Joliet. Ladies and gentlemen, Will Shelley, a.k.a. Maximus Orion. How you doing, Will? I'm good, Mike. How are you? Doing great. So glad to get you on, finally. Oh, it's it's wonderful to be on. I'm happy about it. 
Yeah, I had your father, Bill, on the show about a year ago, and he told me a little bit about the story of how you got a 20 by 20 wrestling ring, and that in turn planted the seeds for Rocket Pro Wrestling. So go ahead and tell that story. Okay, that's, uh, yeah. Um, when I was graduating high school in 2015, um, he told me, well, you know, my dad got me a car for my, you know, when I graduated high school, he goes, what do you want? Cause you already have a car. And I said, Hmm, well, you know, he gave the trampoline to our neighbor next door. I said, so, uh, can we like get a wrestling ring or something? And he, he kind of looked at me for a second. He was like, okay, yeah, let's get it. And of course my mother was 100% against it completely. She was like, excuse me, you're doing what you're buying him a what? And he's like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal, blah, blah, blah. So we went on to Monster Rings and Cages, and we found an 18 by 18, and it was like 42, 4,300, something like that, not including shipping and all that other stuff, which makes it go right up to five grand. And he goes, okay, well, let's let's buy it. And of course, my mom is still in sticker shock by that point. And in the middle of, I want to say it was July of 2017 is when we finally got everything done and processed. They called me and they said, hey, your ring's not done yet. It's it's halfway to being done. But we got um, we have a 20 by 20 that somebody ordered. and We have not been able to get a hold of them for about two months. Do you want a free upgrade? <laughs> yeah, of course. Absolutely. A 20 by 20 that would have been normally, you know, 5400. Yeah, sure. That's like a thousand dollar steal almost. So we waited another month for the truck to get there and. My dad was at work and the truck pulls on the drive uh, on the street in front of the house and we have a long driveway. So my we call my dad and he goes, "Well, I'm going to I'll call uh, our insurance guy Benote and our friend David is working for him at the time. He goes, "I'll call them, tell them to come over to the house and help unload this thing and then all of a sudden every single male neighbor that we have emerges from their house and it's like, "What the hell are you doing?" And we're in the middle of unloading this. Oh, yeah, we're, we're unloading a, a, a wrestling ring into the yard. So all of them are like, we're helping. So all the all the neighbors are helping put the stuff. We put it in the garage. It just barely fit, barely fit because those aren't in pieces. Those are those are, you know, they're 20 foot long steel beams. So that barely fit in the garage. And then we finally got it set up. And then for two summers in a row, we were fighting to keep that thing dry tarps didn't do it. we put wood underneath to make kind of like a, a you know a a roof type thing on it didn't work we uh covered a tarp in the paint version of the flex seal didn't work nothing worked nothing kept this thing dry she started to use the ropes as her clotheslines and she's hanging sheets on them so i mean it was just like it was a mess so then he goes, you know what? I'm tired of this, uh, you know, this thing sitting in my garage. I don't want this thing in my garage anymore. We need to do something with it. And at that time, it had been about a year and a half, two years since uh, another wrestling company had left St. Joe's Park. And we're parishioners over there at St. Joe's and Joliet. So it's my dad's kind of like, let me talk to Father Tim and see if we can store it over there. He goes, because I don't want this thing in my garage anymore. I can't fit my tractor in there. I can't fit my lawn equipment in there. And, you know. We had Halloween decorations, you know, to the to the nines. So none of that would fit in there. And um, 
we we spoke to father and he goes, well, I mean, I can let you store it here in the back room. He goes, but what are you going to do with it? Are you going to come pick it up every summer and put it up? What are you going to do? My dad goes, no, because we got to keep it dry. He goes, well, what are you going to do? We talked about it as a family. And then my dad was just like, hey, you know, let's let's start a wrestling company. And I kind of was like, OK. And then my mom goes, are you serious? Like, I mean, she was just like, how how the hell are we going to pull this off? You've got your plumbing, heating and air conditioning business. Me and her at the time were working at the at, at the school and I was still in um, college. So, you know, we were like, how are we even going to do this? So we got all the legal stuff together. That was not that hard for them because of starting their plumbing, heating and air business. So they all knew all the steps. You got to license the logo, copyright, blah, 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 insurance, the boring stuff. And then my dad goes, OK. How the hell are we going to get wrestlers? And I'm like, okay, that's a good that's a good question. So um, Kevin, who you know, um, Kevin Palmer, he, I worked with him at Menards in Bolingbrook. Actually, he when I started there, he was the general manager, and him and my dad is a contractor. So my dad was in there four o'clock in the morning, right when they opened, because they let contractors in early. Him and Kevin would talk WWE stuff. All the time, they'd be like, you know, he'll come in on a Tuesday. And they'll be like, "Do you see what happened on Raw yesterday?" And blah, or "Do you see what happened on SmackDown yesterday?" And stuff like that. So he was like, "Let me ask Kevin if he knows anything about it." And sure enough, Kevin was a tr- is a trained professional wrestler and knows all these guys. So he was able to get a group of guys together to do the first show. And I think that there's about six, not including me, uh, original people that are that are still there. You got um, Stone, No Coast. Skylar Reed, Rion, trying to think there was there's not that many left. And then Marche didn't come. It was only two shows later is when he showed up. So, I mean, between March of 2019, when we had that first show and uh, fall brawl of that same year in September, I would say, a, a, you know, at least 50 percent of those guys are still with us. So, yeah, we kind of Kevin put everything together and we had our first show uh, in March of 2019. That was our blast off, so to speak. So, yeah. Pretty amazing. So, personally for you, when did you get into wrestling and how did you come to want to become a pro wrestler? That that all kind of, ooh, that all happened within the same few months. So, I know I'm going to get um, ridiculed for this by the professional wrestling diehards. I didn't, like, I'm 26, okay? I was born in 1997, so... If I was, I would have watched a good chunk of stuff if I watched, started watching it right away. But I didn't start watching until 2010. So I was already 12, 13 years old when uh, I started watching. They got, my parents got tickets for a house show. Now, we didn't know at the time that SmackDown was pre-taped at that time on Tuesdays. So then on Fridays, it was not SmackDown. It was a house show. So now I know. Um, and my cousin who was seven at the time, she was really into WWE. So my parents got her for her first communion present tickets to this WWE house show that was at the Allstate Arena. And we go there and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll go. I don't, sure, why not? And I'm sitting through the whole thing and I was kind of like, has any person who watches wrestling for the first time would be like going, okay, yeah, it's good. And then you're like, ooh, that looked like it hurt or ooh, that looked like blah, blah, blah. And then they get to the end of the show. And I remember the main event. It was leading up to WrestleMania 26. So it was Batista, Randy Orton, and Sheamus versus Edge, John Cena, and The Undertaker. 
And I'm like, I didn't know who anybody was. I'm like, yeah, great. Is this the last match? I don't know what's going on. Right. And then all of a sudden the lights drop. The Undertaker's music hits. The lights go blue. The fog rolls. He walks out. And I was at that point. I was I was in at that point. I was in. And then at WrestleMania 26, when he fought Shawn Michaels in the streak versus career match, that's the match that made me decide, you know, this is something I might want to actually do because under the Undertaker's not he's not Shawn Michaels, right? He's not AJ Styles. He doesn't wrestle that way. He wrestles in a way where he can tell a story, but unless he's doing that over the top rope dive thing, he's not doing too much airtime or flips, which I thought you had to do. But I was like, you know, I think I could I could actually I could actually do this. So it was within a span between February's house show and the first week of April that WrestleMania 26, whenever that was or end of March. That was the two months, two and a half, one and a half, two months that really, you know, brought me into the whole thing. So. Yeah. So the, the light switch went on when you saw the Undertaker come out. The light switch went on when the lights went off. Exactly. Yes. If that's exactly right. So I guess he's your influence then. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I ain't going to lie about that at all. At all. So you've been doing this Maximus Orion character for a few years now. So who trained you to become a wrestler? So at first it was um, Kevin took me to, well, Kevin taught me like the basic running the rope thing. So I never went into that blind. I knew before I went to my first class, I could run the ropes. Um and also get in like when you're thrown into a corner and you have to hit it with your back. I already knew that part was good. So um, Kevin went, to, he took me to a place in Dalton. It was, oh God, CWA, I think okay. Chicago Wrestling Alliance. I think that's what it was. And the people there was Gordon is his name. I know that Kevin's friend, Gordon, if I forgot what his gimmick his gimmick name. Yeah, I can't I can't think of it right now. But the other one that was there, the one that mainly taught me stuff was Rion. So Rion got me through my first one. And then I didn't really have too much training after that um, until the day of the first show. Then I kind of went over it with Kevin and Rion again, how to do everything, because the March was my first actual match. I was in the Rocket Rumble. I was number two. Rion had drawn number one. So my first technically one-on-one was with him before number three entered the ring and they proceeded to give me, I didn't know this. I knew, I knew chops were a thing. And Rion said, I'm going to give you your initiation chops. I'm like, okay, great, fine. Um, Which it wasn't that bad, but I didn't know that Kevin was behind the curtain telling every other, so 18 other guys to that I was green and that they needed to go out there when it was their time and chop me. I'm like, D-. so I got chops from 18 people because Kevin thought it was funny. Oh. So yeah, that's how that went. And then um, more recently, I would say right after the pandemic, um, right when we started picking up shows again, I went to practice at wrestle league uh, with Shogun. So that's when like the actual, like you could see if you watch my last couple of matches before covid and then right when we get back and mostly right when i fought flash for the intercounty championship you can see that there's a difference there so that was like training with multiple people and of course there's a difference between being trained by rion when he's one-on-one when it's just like okay let me explain this to you and then shogun where it's like if you do that again i'm going to 
roundhouse kick you in the chest multiple times if you screw it up. So, I mean, you, you, there's kind of a, a difference there. It's like, work out an entire match, and then you guys are going to perform it in here. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm doing what? Wait a minute. It's on 9 o'clock. I got to go. What do you mean put together an eight-minute match for you right now? So there was um, definitely a difference. But those are the two main guys. It would be Rion first and then Shogun from that point until even now if I have time to go. So basically you go from Rion, who's kind of like, okay, this and this and this. And then Shogun's like, he totally ramps it up on you. Now I want a match. Yeah, you go from can you feel it to being trained by a Chicago police officer. Big, big difference. Big difference. A little bit more about Maximus. So the face paint, the walk to the ring, the in-ring style. So where did you pull all that from? So that's, uh, I'm not, I am not going to lie. I am not going to BS any of this because everybody already knows my gimmick is mainly based on The Undertaker. 100, uh, like not, I wouldn't say 100% because there's a few aspects with, um, you know, the stuff from my theme song being from Charmed. I have the the Charmed Troy Quetra logo on my pants and everything like that. And the face paint, that was more like because I used to wear a, a, a face mask type thing around here, but it kept falling down. And you're like, I'm like, after my after my eye injury, I'm like, all right, when I come back, I'm doing face paint because I can't keep do pulling the thing up. And I wanted the whole skull look around my nose and mouth. So that that one was just that one was all me. Although I did ask um, Grin where he got his face paint from. So he told me what kind of face paint to get because, you know, he's in our in our place. Anyway, he's the king of face paint. So that was there. But the the character itself, aside from the charmed aspects of it, is solely based on The Undertaker. There may be one or two, th- one or two very, very small things thrown in there from Bray Wyatt and AJ Styles. And and then the spear, of course, coming from uh, Roman Reigns. So there's a few of them in there, and they're all sort of, except for AJ, the Undertaker, Roman, and Bray are kind of all in that heavy hitter. I wear black all the time. I'm just going to beat the crap out of you kind of area. And then if I need to do something fancy, like a sling blade or something, I'll look at Finn Balor or uh, AJ Styles for that. So that's that's kind of where that came from. And, of course, we can see where my entrance coat came from, which is based on the Undertaker's hooded hooded i don't know if you that's like an executioner's robe or something like that so yeah that's that's 100 percent where that, i'm not gonna lie it's 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 undertaker for sure 100 especially the ufc gloves and everything 100 percent. you mentioned the charm theme song and i yes. didn't realize this i just looked it up on my phone real quick while we were talking it's uh how soon is now by this miss which i knew but i didn't realize that was the charm theme song too yes so the smiths wrote the original which I don't know when that came out. I want to say 70s, 80s, something like that. I'm not sure. I think it was 80s, but early, early 80s. Yeah. So the the Charmed version was actually redone by Love Spit Love, I think is the name of their band. They did it for The Coven, which I've never watched that movie, but they did it for that. And then when Charm came out in 98, of course, I was one. I didn't watch it then. They had used it for that because the, the, the witch thing with that song was a big thing in the 90s you know i mean you had hocus pocus and charmed and the coven and all that stuff so i mean that's that's where that came from and when i i didn't really start watching that she would watch it and my dad talked about when he was at the when he was at the tribune during when charmed was at its peak in season three shannon doherty and Alyssa milano had gotten off the elevator on whatever floor that wb was on 
And he called my mom immediately. And he's like, you'll never believe, you know, what ha- who's here. And my mom's like, who? And he's like, Shannon Doherty and Alyssa Milano. They're they're bitching at each other as they're as they're coming off the elevator, because that was the time when they were fighting over who's was the main star of the show, which is then why Shannon just bowed out and she got her character was was taken off the show. So I didn't start watching that religiously until actually when I was I want to say in high school, because when I would get up. I would put I mean, I had watched it before, but I would put on Charmed is oh, it still is. And, and uh, it's on in the mornings on, on TNT and I'll put it I would put it on and I would sit and eat breakfast and drink coffee before I would go to school. And then that would be that would just be on. And now I can pretty much name any episode, any character, all that stuff. Like I am totally, totally into it. And I was like, I need a theme song. And I'm like, that's it. That's it. Nobody uses it for an entrance theme. Like you could use a fallout boy song, but everybody's got one of those. So it's, it's hard to find a song that nobody else has. And as of right now, I have not seen any other professional wrestler, at least on anything that's recorded or on YouTube or anything, use that song as an entrance song. And it doesn't show up on YouTube as a copyright thing right now. So it's, it works for me because my videos don't get dinged of my entrance. So we're good. The good thing. Yes. And that song too, which is crazy. There was another band that did a version of the song as well called Tattoo. And yes. they were the ones that did Victoria's theme song in WWE as well, which I find was really, really cool. Yes, they did. Yeah, I noticed that when I had to look it up for that uh, baby shower that we did because they made the pink guy come out to that song. So I was like, oh, that's OK. Yeah, there's a lot of covers to that song. But I had to go with the Charmed one because it's it's the it's the most like. If you listen to the Smiths version, you can't really do an, a ring entrance to that. If you're mm-hmm. my type of character, you need the heavier metal version. So that's the one I went with. Yeah, sounds like you did the right thing with that. Yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> and speaking of Rion skills, this kind of spills into Rocket Pro Wrestling's Fall Brawl this Saturday, September the 9th at St. Joe's Park in Joliet. It will be Maximus Orion facing Rion Skills in a rematch for the RPW Inter-County Championship. And Rion won the title at the end of last season at Kicks on 66 in May. So what's going to be different about this match this time around? From a production standpoint, I can say it is it is a normal it's a normal match. So the last one that me and him were in was uh, Last Man Standing. This one is normal. So it does not give him the ability to use the watch to knock me out this time. But other than that, I mean, now I guess if, if I'm talking about it in, in that character, I can say that, you know, this time he doesn't, he he's, he's not going to be able to attack me from behind and take my knee out before the match even begins. He's not going to be able to use that watch to knock me out, which is the only thing he has done to be able to keep me down. He put me through a, t- he put me through all that stuff. He injured my knee. He put me through a, a table, well, a door set up on chairs because mm-hmm. tables are not cheap. And then I still managed to get up before the count of 10. And then he had to use the watch to knock me out. Cause that was the only thing that could keep me down. And he's, he's not getting away with attacking me before the match this time, which I still think was orchestrated by Damien Saint, but, Okay, we won't get we won't we're not even going to talk about Damian Satan over there. So, yeah, th- this time it's going to be completely different. There's there's actually it gives me more of a motive now because not only am I still ticked off about the betrayal, I am still now I'm ticked off because you cheated. Well, 
dirty win, I should say. It wasn't a cheat because it was it was completely fair technically because it was last man standing, which means it's no holds barred. So yeah, but you had to use that to keep me down. Now, granted, I used two lightsabers, so I, I don't know how I guess he evened it up a little bit, but he knew the only thing to keep me down would have been that, and he knew my knee would have given out by the end of that. So now, now I'm on hundred percent and he can't use a watch this time, so it's gonna go very, very differently. And let's talk a little bit more about Rocket Pro Wrestling presents Fall Brawl, and that's this Saturday night, September the 9th, St. Joe's Park in Joliet, just off of Theodore and Rayner. The doors are at four. The bell is at five. Let's quickly go through this seven-match card as of now. Sure. Seven matches announced. For the RPW Chicagoland Championship in a triple threat match, we have Buck Nasty Bucky Collins versus the Ryan Matthews versus the Amazing Turtle, who is your champion. So this ought to be a pretty good match to kind of kick things off. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely a great opening match too. And and it's it's kind of weird because you you probably have the most loved rocket star in a match, which would be Turtle, and then you've got one of the most hated people in the company, which would be the Ryan Matthews. And then it's kind of, I mean, you kind of just throw, who was the other one? Kevin Cade, right? Something like what? I don't even remember who it was. Bucky Callens. Bucky. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's how you know. That's how you look at the amount of star power because Turtle is there. Ryan is there. And then, oh yeah, Bucky. But see, here's the problem is that people are focused on Turtle and they're focused on Ryan. They're going to be focused on each other. Bucky is is very very good at taking opportunities. He will just he I I wouldn't be surprised if he bows out at the beginning, lets them destroy each other, and slides in and steals that title because he is not to you overuse this term ultimate opportunist when it would come to that. Bucky knows how to play to his opponent's weaknesses very well. As you can see, I mean, he has mentally destroyed Christian Rose. I mean, making Christian snap on his own coyotes. That's I mean, I was we were all standing in the back like with our mouths hanging open because we were not expecting him to just completely explode like that. But who did that to him? It was all Bucky Collins. So very smart. And he's probably the one that they need to watch out for in that match. And then we have a match between two of my favorite local guys, two guys I know really, really well. The Hawaiian hitman, Cole Oxamana. Versus Eric Schultz, who's from Joliet. This ought to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm gonna. Ooh, I, I I'm gonna say that um, while Schultz is very good, if he does one wrong thing and he pisses off Koa, that that match is over. I mean, seriously, that man is unstoppable. There is no way that if Koa snaps, he is not just going to tie Schultz into a pretzel. Schultz could pull out a, a surprising victory, but I, I, I'm i not going to bet against Koa, especially not in a one-on-one. So we'll have to see with that one. Yeah, Schultz is crafty, but Koa is a guy that will take whatever risk is necessary to win a match. Oh, 100%. 100%. And then we move on to the RPW Tag Team Championships, and this is going to be really good as well. We have the champions, those damn Coyotes, Brooks Berna and Damian Deshane, taking on the new number one contenders of the final level, Shogun Chris Logan and all day Marche Rocket. Oh, God. um, That one's, ooh. I have seen, now, when the Coyotes won the title, Deshane handled that match against the Idols almost by himself until the injured Berna 
who the idols had tried to take out before the match. He came out there and they still won. So you have half a Berna and then Deshane, who was beaten down the entire match. They still managed to pull out a victory. As much as I love those two, and as much as they are my friends in that locker room, you were fighting Johnny Nye and Damian Gray, okay? You're going to be fighting Shogun Chris Logan and all-day Marche Rocket. At the last show, Marche almost threw, it was a back body drop, but he almost threw Joey Dalton through the rafters. I mean... I, and I think this Jane weighs less than Joey Dalton. So I don't know I, unless they can find weaknesses, which I don't think there is unless, I mean, for Marche, it might be those cookies that Shogun threw away at the beginning of the season last year. But I, other than that, there's as much as I love those two, there's no stopping Shogun and Marche working as, as, a well-oiled tag team machine. There's just no way it's impossible. So unless it's a DQ or a count out, which I hope not because that would be a, a horrible way to end a fantastic match. I don't even want to say anything, but there you're not getting away from the final level. They're called the final level for a reason. So. And they just tore through that tag team gauntlet. Oh my God. And that, in, and that included, Oh God. I, I almost called them Youth Gone Wild, but but Creed wasn't there, so it wasn't Youth Gone Wild. It was Heisman and uh, BOW. Yes, yeah, it was oh, Scumbag Army. Scumbag Army, yes. So, and I mean, if you you got through BOW and Heisman after you got through the Kings of the Six, uh, Dalton and and Rockin, Shaq and Ewok, it, like you got through all that. How how are you not gonna beat? Again, as much as I love them, how are you not going to beat those damn Coyotes? And then the next match we have is the Rocket to the Top briefcase qualifier. And this was huge last year. That's how Aaron Stone ended up with the title because he actually won that ladder match and carried it on till the spring before he was awarded the title. And we'll get to that explanation a little bit later. But this Rocket to the Top briefcase qualifier, and these are three big-time names in the Chicagoland and Illinois region. We have Gunner Blade the longtime Outer Limits champion, old evil Christian Rose, the former Rocket Pro wrestling champion, and Mike Hartenbauer as well. So this is going to be fantastic. Yes. Now, I don't have a... Now, Harten, this is Hartenbauer's first time in an RPW ring. I have only seen a few handful of videos when Kevin told me that he was... You know, he had Hartenbauer, and I'm like, I don't know who that is. And then Kevin showed me, I'm like, oh... Wow. Okay. I'm 100% impressed. This is awesome. Then you throw in Mr. I don't go down and I'll probably fight after I'm dead. Gunner brave. Like I, if I, he could probably go longer than a chicken with its head cut off, to be honest with you. I mean, the, he might be declared dead and he could still do a moonsault somewhere. Okay. So you have, you have that versus Hartenbauer and then Christian Rose. And now Everybody knew what to expect to an extent with Christian Rose. And now, because Bucky has driven him so nuts, nobody knows what to expect. If he's if he's in a mood where he is gonna snap on his own guys, his own coyotes, who's to who's to say what he's gonna do? Because not knowing triple threat, that's no DQ. So now you've just given a even crazier than normal gunner brave, carte blanche to use weapons to an extent, and then 
Hartenbauer is going to use that stuff. And now Christian Rose is nuts. So who even knows what he's going to do? Because that he had that match, that, that street fight with Cody James last year. Oh. He threw a garbage can at his head before the bell rang. And that's normal Christian Rose. So I, I can't even give you a prediction on that one because you got three guys that are not going to go down easy at all. Like it might be a 27 minute match full of 1700 kickouts. I have no idea. It's going to be crazy. And I'm feeling this and any one of these three guys can win, but here's my prediction. I'm going to give you a little bit of a windy city slam prediction here. Gunnar Brave is probably the hottest guy Rocker Poe has seen until he lost that title to wild child Connor Hopkins this past spring. But I'm going with Gunnar Brave to survive this match and move on. Oh, I, I, I would, there's part of me that I mean, would agree with that because he's an opportunist as well, because he'll hit a move and he's smart enough. But I don't know if it's based on smarter, the fact that he probably just knocked himself out and needs a break for a second, but I've seen him go outside the I, ring. The guys in the ring fight it out. One of them gets knocked out and he slides right back in and is just on that last guy. And if he hits that running knee or anything like that, it's over. So I, I'm, I agree with you on that. I recently just saw him at Freelance Underground do a curb stop from the top rope on Acid Jazz. So he's got that in his arsenal as well. Yeah, he also made a, uh, a, a, I would say, more than a three-pointer with a shoe or something. Did you see that clip? Because he totally, like, he was up on the other side of the ring on the floor laying down, and he threw this shoe over the ring and right into the hoop. And I'm like, that's whatever. I'm, I tap out. I'm done. I'm good. Oh, yeah. And then uh, we have a match that we've already talked about. It's the RPW Intercounty Championship. Maximus Orion challenges Rion Skills. And then we're going to move on to the Outer Limits Championship. And this is going to be a really exciting match as well. You mentioned Wrestle League earlier on. Shaq Jordan is a big time performer coming from Wrestle League. He's done some great things in Rocket Pro as well. He challenges the wild child, Connor Hopkins. Oh, that's that matches that one. That's that might be match of the night, to be honest with you, because any any one of Connor's matches that I've ever watched was not boring. Any one of Shaq's matches that I've ever watched was not boring. So now you have those two together in a one on one. It's not like they're in this fatal four way where where they might come across each other's path or whatever. This is one on one. And I am really looking forward to it, especially after seeing how far Connor can go in a match, how long he can go, and how much abuse he can take. Same thing can be said for Shaq, because at Wrestle League, when we were there, I've seen him get flipped and thrown off of ladders, and then he still ends up somehow winning. So I don't know. This one This one will probably be match of the night, to be honest with you, because you just had two young, phenomenal performers going one-on-one, and there's not even any hate between them. So this is going to be just... A, a pure, fantastic wrestling match, 100%. And then we have what should be the main event of the evening. It's a TLC match for the Rocky Pro Wrestling Championship. We have the challenger and the guy who never lost the title in the ring in Sexy Violence, Quinn Wittick, taking on the newly crowned Rocky Pro Wrestling Champion, the Dreambreaker, Aaron Stone. That match, see, now Quinn has two things to fight for one to prove that he can take on Aaron because that he hasn't been able to do that yet because there was no match between them at kicks on 66. Now he also has to fight back or fight for the title 
that was never taken from him. It was never won in a match. He was attacked by, we still have no idea who it was. It was before he even got in the arena. And then he didn't get to defend against Stone. So one, we don't know how he would do against Stone. And now he, he he's going to win back what was, it's like when somebody you know, takes something from you and you're like, I was about to, if it's food for me, especially I love food. So it's like, you're about to eat something and somebody's just goes, I'm taking that from you. You're like, well, what the hell? I didn't even get to, that's mine. So it's almost like he's going to be fighting with an extra chip on his shoulder because he sees it as not fair that, I mean, he knows by the rules, it had to be vacated. There was a scheduled match, a contracted match. He could not defend it. So therefore, he it would it had to be taken from him by Damian Saint. So now, granted, it was not given to Stone technically as it should have been, but Stone's not that type of guy either. Stone would never have wanted to just be handed the championship on some fluke that the champion could not defend. So not only was he happy to wrestle for that championship that he has been fighting so hard to get, he also got to beat the crap out of the Ryan Matthews in the process and the rest of the undeniable. So You've got somebody that needs to prove themselves, prove themselves that they can be the top champion of Rocket Pro, and then you have the former champion now needs to fight to be like, hey, I should have never had that taken away, and here's why: because I'm better than you, and I'm better than everybody else, and now I have to take this back from you. I have to take one extra step to reclaim what was mine and to stay on top of the company. Yeah, and I think Stone also has something to prove since. He didn't get to beat the guy he was supposed to beat for that title as well. So this is all these fun dynamics kind of rolled up in this match. And it's a TLC match. It's TLC. Although, depending on prices of tables, it may be a TLD match. Or, I mean, a DLC match. A, a, a doors, ladders, and chairs. I don't know. It depends on prices at Menards versus, you know, the the table prices. So we'll we'll have to see. Now you say DLC, and I'm thinking video games. But we'll get that's that Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and there's going to be some other storylines that may or may not come to fruition on this show. Oh, absolutely. GM Damien Sane, obviously. And yes. then we had Jay Beck, the paycheck, who all of a sudden willingly became an associate of Sane and the Undeniable at Kicks on 76. And then what about the world-famous Fabulous Idol? And I have to say it like that, otherwise Joey Roth will get on my case. And then Joey Roth and Roxy losing in the main event of Kicks on 66 to Steve, Eric, and Shelly, with some help from rock star Johnny Nice. So there's all kinds of silliness going on there. So is there going to be a meeting of the minds with the world-famous Fabulous Idols? And also, will we see No Coast and Davis and Sarai at all? I mean, all these different storylines that kind of came down at the end of KXI 66, and how will they continue in the new season? So definitely some interesting stuff to look at there as well. Absolutely. Yes, I think that the whole thing with the idols, and of course, I find it absolutely hysterical because not only were they defeated, Roxy tapped out to my mother. So that one and you know what? The the trap that they set up, not only I think it was last year at spring break when they surrounded me, took me out completely for a couple of months and then forced my parents hand into, you know, making the five on five match for control of the company, then having Saint in their back pocket to cost Rocket Pro that match in Kicks on 66 last year. Now that has come full circle to bite them in the ass, so to speak, because 
we were prepared. Everybody thought we weren't prepared. You know, even Rion, part of his reasoning for attacking me is because, oh, well, you don't see what's going on. You're not prepared, blah, blah, blah. Who do you think orchestrated the entire thing of myself, Kevin, Nuke, I should say, Marche, Shogun, all coming to the rescue when we knew that they were going to try to pull their cheap crap again with having Flash and Kevin Cade and Damian Gray with his baseball bat all out there trying to destroy Steve and my mother. We knew that was going to happen. We set up a trap and it worked. The only thing we weren't expecting was for Johnny Knight to go out there and completely just behead Joey Roth with his own championship, allowing my mother to lock in Hell's Gate and make Roxy tap out. So they're they're imploding from the inside. That part we had nothing to do with. That was all that's all inner and if they keep it up, more and more of their members are going to get tired. They already they they lost Gunner Brave because they they ticked him off and treated him like garbage. They treat Johnny Knight like garbage all because he was the one that took the pinfall for the RPW Tag Team Championships. It's just going to continue to implode. On you know, they're going to implode on each other. And they're all going to end up splitting up. I don't know what Joey Roth and Roxy are going to do now that my mother and Steve have their titles and they'll be sitting on the commentary desk the entire shows. But other than that, I don't know. But now the real problem is, is now you have the downfall. We're almost getting rid of one problem. And from that one has stemmed another with the undeniable. Because now we've got them to deal with because we got rid of this group sort of to an extent. Got to deal with the remnants of it. But now I've got this other group filled with Damian Saint, who is in charge, not a me, but in charge. And then you've got the Ryan Matthews running his mouth. You've got the Kings of the Six with him. You've got his lawyer, Eric Schultz. And now you've got nobody has even talked about this yet. Now you've got the master of the Chicago bear hug, Steve Michaels, as part of the undeniable. If, if they get any more people, that's going to be more unstoppable than the idols could even think about be. So I don't even know what's going to come of that. And I'm, I'm, I was very um, confused to see somewhat of an implosion on the side of good. No coast at the end of their match at kicks on 66, because not only did they, not only did they, they won good. No coast. I'm going to call it or yes. Coast as some of the fans have called it now. They ended up winning the match, but then Trevin turned on Shaw and went with the other one. I was so confused. I went and I had a drink because I'm like, you know what? This I so who knows if Davison paid him off, if she said something to him. I don't know, but you won the match and you're still going to act like that. I have no idea. They have been completely silent on the whole thing. Haven't heard anything from her. So I've got I've got no idea. Interesting to see if something comes up. And you mentioned your mom, Shelly, and in that big match with Steve. And it's kind of funny how far she's come from like, oh, God, you guys are really going to start a wrestling company? You guys are crazy. And now she's main eventing the show. (laughs) So how the heck did it get from point A to point B like that? I don't know because you know what? She even beat me to it. I mean, technically, I was in the main event against Flash at spring break last year for the title. But that was impromptu. She was on the card itself that we were handing out to people. So I'm like, really? You, this was my, and you are on the, I don't get it. I really don't. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get how she passed me on that whole thing, but you know what? It, 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 the fans wanted to see it and you saw 
During the rest of the matches, everybody got a cheer. Yay, blah, blah, blah. When her and Steve walked out, not a person was sitting down. Yeah. So the fans wanted to see it. It's not like they they didn't want to see it or they just thought it was just a manager and his wife versus two commentators. Like, it was way more than that. Now, how it went from what are we going to do with this wrestling ring to, hey, I'm in the main event. You need to show me how to do the stuff in the ring. To be honest with you, I don't even know. So all I know is I had to, I had to show her how to hit the ropes. Actually, Christian Rose helped out with that a lot too. Um, showed her how to hit the ropes. The only thing that I can say that I really did for her was teach her how to lock in Hell's Gate because that's a submission hold that I use. Shocking. But yeah, other than that, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I did get the smallest amount of flack from some of the guys in the back because they're all like, hey, she's using that. You're using that. How? You can't keep doing the stuff that The Undertaker does. And I'm like, The Undertaker's done, dude. Like, I don't know what to tell you, but like, I'm not going higher than this. If I was just a wrestler, I would. But since this is like my company, I'm comfortable with just staying right here. Like, I don't have aspirations to go to AEW or WWE or anything like that. So if I'm using all The Undertaker stuff, who cares? Well, you can't sit up. Uh, Michael Myers did first. So I really don't get where we're going with that argument. So um, that's, I was like, you know what, whatever. I don't care what they say. And Christian Rose is like, nah, do the hell's gate. That'd be cool. Blah, blah, blah. You know, he's like Snoop Dogg did the people's elbow. Nobody cares. They thought it was awesome. So let her do hell's gate. It's easier. And it, you use it and that's your mom. So, so I had to teach her how to lock that in. And then that was really the only hand I had in it. So other than that, can't answer that question. No idea how it went from why are we doing this to, hey, I'm in the main event. And to your defense, too, about, you know, borrowing, copying. I mean, it happens with everybody in wrestling. Something always takes from somebody else in the past. It it, it gets recycled. It gets reused. It, you know, it, that's what wrestling is. Right. And he's and again, he's first of all, I think what, what do they say that it's um, it's not copying. It's something it's just like it's. It's the biggest form of flattery. I forget what the what the term is. You you know what I'm talking about, though, where it's like if you do the same stuff that somebody else does, it's it's a compliment to them. So that's kind of where I go with it, because I've even gotten yelled at by like Shogun. He's like, hey, you got to change your colors. Why? Because Undertaker has purple. OK, well, Mace Windu's lightsaber is purple. So eh, there you go. That's why I went with purple. Like, so it's like I why not just use it? And I get that I, I've heard chants in the crowd of, hey, Undertaker's better. I, are you sure? Like, seriously? <laughs> I, I, I know that. Thank, really, thank you for letting me know. Because you know what? I would not have known that The Undertaker was better than me if you hadn't said it. I'm, thank you. I, I truly, <laughs> truly appreciate it. At like 22 and 2 at WrestleMania, 30 plus years as that character. I, I, but again, I didn't that. I didn't know. I didn't know. I thank God that guy was yelling that from the crowd because otherwise I would have not been Googled who the Undertaker was and been like, oh, well, now I can't do that. I can't sit up anymore. Oh, oh, no. And also, uh, before we uh, get to the end of this show, I want to let everybody know that there's going to be a fan access event as well at St. Joe's Park before Fall Brawl. That starts at 2 p.m., going to 4 with the Nova Awards and a live power hour and a lot more as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, there was um, the Nova Awards. That was actually I'm gonna I'm gonna give credit to our camera person, Missy Sweeters, Timmy Two Sweets' wife. She's actually the one who was like, "Hey, we should have like a 
an award show. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't got time for that. What do you mean award show? Like, what? And she's like, like the Slammy Awards. And I'm like, okay, but they already have the good name for it. Like, I we can't, you know, we can't say RPW Slammy Awards gets trademarks. Can't do that. And we were, th- we were, <clears throat> sorry, we were thinking for a long time, what do we call these things? What can we, somebody said the Rocky Awards. And I'm like, okay, but that's a, that's not only a boxer uh, in a movie, but that's also a, a mountain range. So it's kind of like, I'm like, that doesn't really work. Let me think about it. We sent text out to a bunch of our friends and everything. And one of our friends that we met more recently, he's he's been coming to shows like for a long time. His name is Dexter and uh, he was going through it and they, he sent my mom a list of all these and he's very, very smart. So he was using like, I thought we, I was like, let make it space themed. So then, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson is typing this message here because that's how smart Dexter is. And he's coming up with all, I'm like, I didn't even know any of these names are related to space. And then it said Nova. And I'm like, Nova, Nova, really? And I, I kind of was like, Hey, you know, let me just think about it. And we actually happen to be um, on stream when that text came through. And we were like, hey, that'll that'll flow. That flows at the Nova Awards. That flows. And then I look up the definition and the definition is a star showing a sudden large increase in brightness. And I'm like, oh, right there. That's that's the name, because that that totally embodies everything about RPW and its superstars. So that's what we went with. And we're having the awards made. The results are now in. So those will be presented at fan access at around like we want to get everybody in there. So it'll probably be around like two thirty ish. Uh, the rest of the time, all the like you said, we've got there's going to be stuff going on. The wrestlers are going to be there. You can buy RPW shirts will be on sale. I've got more of my shirts. My mom has shirts now. Shocker. She wrestles one match and she wants shirts. We've got I think scumbag army will be there with their stuff. The idols will have their stuff out. Saints will have his stuff. The rest of Undeniable and all of their crap. And then um, Turtles got always there with his stuff. So, and you can walk around. You can talk to Shogun. You can talk to Marche. We're all there. We're all, we're not important people. We're not WWE superstars. They're like, be gone from me. We're regular people and we would, and we love to talk to our fans. So anybody that's going to be there, be there from two to four. We're all out there. We're going to have an award ceremony. It's going to be fun. I think Captain Dave is making hot dogs in the kitchen and everything. There's beer out there, candy, soda, all of it. It's just a really fun time for us to actually just sit with people and just talk as normal human beings, not greet them as, oh, yeah, I'm an RPW superstar, blah, blah, blah. No, you're just, I'm Maximus talking to a fan now. I actually have time. I'm not walking around the ring just saying quick things to people. You actually have time to come out and talk to everybody that you want to. So it's a really fun time. So if you have time, definitely come out there and and be there for fan access. All right. Well, before we let you go, and I'm going to let you promote yourself and do all your plugs here, your social media, your merchandise, upcoming events. Obviously, we know you work for Rocket Pro and then your Twitch as well, since I know you're a big gamer. Yes. So there will be at fan access and throughout the show, one of the one of our friends from um, the St. Joe's that we work at or worked at out here is she's going to be helping me sell like my Maximus stuff and the RPW T-shirts and stuff like that. I've got the the T-shirts, the 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 wristband things. We will take orders for 
hoodies, if people want them, they're expensive. So that's why I don't buy any in bulk or anything like that. We're going to start doing hats soon. So, and if any, if you buy a Maximus t-shirt and the two wristbands that I have, then we actually throw in a Maximus Orion lanyard for free. So that's really cool. And if you need a signature on it, like there, I've had like four people come up to me already and be like, can I get you to sign my shirt? I'm like, sure. So if anybody wants a signature, absolutely not an issue. So I am not, I am probably one of the easiest people to talk to there from a fan's perspective. So if you want a signed shirt or anything like that, more than I've even signed uh, the show cards, even though I'm not on it, of course, my mother's on it, but we're not going to talk about that anymore. Regarding the streaming, uh, we do have RPW streams. We haven't been able to do any in a while. I've had to get a new job and there's been a bunch of stuff. And now next this Friday, I'm going to see Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows in theaters again. So no stream this week, unfortunately, and next week we'll be setting up for the show. So it'll start after Fall Brawl again. So usually it's every other Friday. It's uh, we stream we stream uh, Fortnite for that because we can get anybody from any console. Fortnite's a free game. You can get on any console. You can play with anybody from any console. So we've had No Coast, Missy and Timmy. My mother's jumped in. We've had Chet on there. Members of the LIM are in there. We've had we, we had the rocket one of the Rocket Boys in there one time. Aaron Stone, we've even let Saint and the Undeniable in there be, you know, against my request. So those are those are pretty fun. The rest of the time, I usually stream. It's Sling Blade, which is one of my moves in the ring. That's everybody's like, where did you get that? I'm like, it's the move that I hit. I got it from Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. They hit it all the time. But it's uh, S-L-Y-N-G-B-L-A-Y-D. Had to change up the spelling a little bit. On Twitch, all my social medias and stuff. And I'm usually live Monday through Friday, unless it's an RPW streaming day, from 6 to 9. So there's that. I usually, I'll switch between games. It'll be either Fortnite, Call of Duty. I can do Star Wars games, Hogwarts Legacy. Ghostbusters is my, clearly... All this crap over here, Proton Pack, every single license plate, even the one from the video game. And then my two Ghostbusters stickers over here. Huge Ghostbusters fan. So that one gets played all the time. I do speed runs on that. That's the one that, you know, Shogun, I tell him about that every time because both him and I think that that script for that game is so good that that's technically the third movie. So, yeah, we have a good time on stream. I've got about 500-ish followers on Twitch now, which is kind of weird because I've got 500 on that. Less than 200 on Instagram, barely any on Twitter, but I, I don't use Twitter. And then 74,000 on TikTok. So I kind of don't, it's like kind of a weird uh, thing. And I will say one more thing. I'm done talking about my Sling Blade stuff because self-promotion, I've never been a big fan. But RPW is now on TikTok, have been for a couple of months now. So we not only do we have a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, now we have TikTok. And Missy is in 100% in control of that because she's got the creative ideas to make TikToks with the trendy sounds with RPW footage. I'm like, have a good time. I don't got time for that. So if you look for Rocket Pro Wrestling on TikTok, we are now on there. So definitely go drop a follow over there. Well, thank you so much for coming on and giving us a complete rundown of Rocket Pro and how we're doing today. Oh, absolutely, Mike. Thank you for having me. It was It's been a pleasure. All right, that was a great conversation with Will Shelley, a.k.a. Maximus Orion, and you can check out Rocket Pro Wrestling's Fall Brawl this Saturday afternoon, 5 p.m. bell time, 4 p.m. doors at St. Joseph's Park in Joliet. And if you get there early, check out Rocket Pro Fan Access and the Nova Awards as well. 
All right, next week we're going to preview Chicago-style wrestling and power entertainment. In addition, we welcome, for the first time, you've seen him in CSW, crash-tested wrestling among other local promotions, the career killer, Chris Miller. Plus, we may have some other surprises in store. You can catch all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody. Everybody.